Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. Really glad you're with us for the Thursday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. Good, bad, crazy martinis for you as usual. And Jim, let's begin with our good martini. This came to us from the U.S. Senate. I think it's fairly safe to say that we believe there are far better choices for virtually every nomination that Joe Biden is making for this administration. But some of his choices are certainly more troubling than others. Uh, We've talked about Neera Tandon, whose nomination seems to be in very big trouble to become uh, director of the Office of Management and Budget. The Interior Secretary nominee, the New Mexico Congresswoman Deb Haaland, is also expected to be a tough fight. And so is Javier Becerra, former congressman, current California Attorney General He is Biden's choice to be Secretary of Health and Human Services. Uh, He was being questioned by Nebraska Senator Ben Sass yesterday about the fact that while Becerra was attorney general in California, he sued the federal government because the federal government gave an Obamacare contraception mandate exemption to the Little Sisters of the Poor. Becerra tried to weasel out of that by saying that he never sued the Little Sisters of the Poor, which led to this exchange. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, Mr. Becerra, you said a little while ago that you never sued the nuns, which is a pretty interesting way of reframing your bullying. Um, You actually sued the federal government, who had given an exemption to the nuns. Can you explain to us what the Little Sisters of the Poor were doing wrong? So, Senator, as I try to explain, my my actions were against the federal government. It's not, not, not the little sisters of the poor. We never allege that the little sisters of the poor did anything wrong. Our our problem was that the federal government was not uh, abiding by the law as we saw it. And what we did was we took action against the federal government so California could administer its programs to make sure that the Affordable Care Act continued to work. What were, what were the nuns doing that made it impossible for California to administer their program? That was just a complete nonsense answer. Uh, what, what were the nuns doing that it made it difficult for California to administer your program? Well, as I said, Senator, our action was against the federal government. It's what the No, no, you, you continued and you said, so that California could administer your program. What did the nuns do? that made it difficult for California to administer their program. And, and Senator, what I'm trying to explain to you is that it, we, we, didn't, we were not looking at the actions of the Little Sisters or any other uh, program. Our actions were against the federal government in the way it was applying the laws that existed to California. But, but what did the federal government do? It was about the nuns. This is nonsense. Like, what you're saying isn't true. So, Jim, we didn't have a problem with the Little Sisters of the Poor. We just had a problem with the federal government explicitly for giving an exemption to nuns on a contraception mandate. Why can't you get that through your thick skull, Senator? Yeah, it is. You know, Ben Sass has been a favorite for a while. And I just kind of wish more senators could just just put it that directly to a witness. You know, you don't need to say much. You giving a speech is not going to dissuade anybody. Making the the witness or making the nominee answer for this and watching them and continue to insist, it had nothing to do with the nuns. It had to do with what the federal government was giving an exemption to the nuns. And them insisting that that's a legitimate point. They're (laughs) insisting that that's a distinction that makes things completely different. Look, you're probably not going to get any or, you know, more more than a handful of votes for Becerra. Maybe you get none. And then the question becomes, how does Joe Manchin feel? Uh, is there anything that makes um, Kirsten Cinema feel queasy about his nomination? I, I did an interview with Hugh Hewitt this morning, and I had the observation of, like, look, I recognize the Health and Human Services Secretary in a 
Biden administration is going to be pro-choice. I realize they're going to support uh, federal funding for abortions and, and have a whole bunch of policy differences. But if you're going to give me an HHS secretary, at least give me one with a background in health policy. At least give me somebody, and then don't give me somebody who's going to lie to you know that old saying, pee on my leg and tell me it's raining, right? Give me a, send me a better liar. <laughs> send me somebody who is at least capable of thinking on their feet instead of sounding like a malfunctioning robot and insisting suing the government to get rid of a exemption for the little sisters of the poor does not amount to suing the little sisters of the poor. Um, Xavier Sarah is Javier Sarah is just not that good at this. And I'm still, if, if it was a normal set of circumstances, you could say, okay, every cabinet's got some, you know, uh, some nincompoop in it, some some guy who's, you know, clearly in there to as a favor or something like that. But look, we're still in the middle of a pandemic and Health and Human Services Secretary is not a position we can afford to have some typical partisan hack in there. Oh, Biden administration, send us somebody better than this because this guy doesn't even make the C-team. <laughs> No, personal friends are for Commerce Secretary, not for HHS. And I don't even know if this guy is a personal friend. Maybe he is to Kamala Harris, but uh, who knows? I have a hard time thinking Manchin will vote against him. I hope he does. I certainly don't want Becerra uh, to be HHS Secretary. But I figure Manchin has to pick his battles. He's already said no on near a tandem. And I'm guessing if he says no on the Interior Secretary, since that'll have an environmental impact, could... Uh, could be very significant to West Virginia that that he might be holding his powder for that one. But hey, I think he indicated he was supporting. Is it that's Holland, right? Oh, is he in favor of her now? He said he's in favor of that. Oh, okay. So you kind of wonder if he's you know picking and choosing. Given a choice between these, I would much rather get rid of Javier Becerra yes. than Nira Tandon, um, because as bad as Tandon is, like I don't think I don't think the Biden administration realizes Joe Manchin right now is trying to save them from like a good three or four bad news cycles over the next two years, if Neera Tandon goes to OMB. You know at some point she's going to have some HR issue. Put aside all of her tweets, and she's got enough issues of, quote-unquote, not playing nicely with others that will end up creating you know division in the ranks and problems in the Biden administration. Manchin's trying to save Biden, whether Biden realizes it or not. Uh, but Becerra, man, that guy's a partisan hatchet man who just you know doesn't belong in the job. And there's just, you know, you can kind of you know, read between the lines that they needed somebody of a particular uh, ethnic group or a particular faction within the party who needed to get a job, this is the job they got, even though it doesn't fit the role in any way, shape, or form. Did you see the Washington Post story today, Jim, that uh, Biden's nominees of color are being uh, unfairly scrutinized? But, I mean, he's tried to check the boxes on uh, all the different demographics here. So every nominee uh, that gets any brushback is going to uh, mean that Republicans are accused of some ism because uh, they're, they're sexist or they're bigoted or they're racist or something's going on here. So can't just be that they're really mean people or completely unqualified. That could never be the case. Yeah. Th that's also why they oppose Merrick Garland, right? Because he's a woman <laughs> and a minority. Right. Make sure. Exactly. All right. Get a nap, people. Get some reality in your life. And if you need to take a nap, get a MyPillow. Uh, but did you know that MyPillow is more than just a really good pillow? Because now they're giving the same attention that they've given to their pillows to their towels and their sheets. In fact, right now, Three Martini Lunch listeners can buy one, get one on all six-piece towel sets and Giza Dream Sheet sets. MyPillow towels have proprietary technology that makes these towels highly absorbent. They are soft to the touch without that lotion-y feel. They have a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. They are washable and dryable, and there are seven colors to choose from. 
Also, the MyPillow Giza Dreams bed sheets are made with the world's best cotton, making them ultra soft and breathable. The sateen weave gives them a luxurious finish and will have you sleeping like a dream. It's got a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee also, washable and dryable, and wide varieties of colors and sizes to fit any personal style in bed. Been sleeping on these the past few days and love them. Visit MyPillow.com to learn more right now. For three Martini Lunch listeners, all six-piece towel sets and Giza sheets are buy one, get one free. Just use the promo code MARTINI at checkout or call 800-874-0104. That's MyPillow.com, code MARTINI, or call 800-874-0104 for buy one, get one on all six-piece towel sets and Giza Dream Sheets. All right, Jim, let's talk about the latest development in the soap opera that is Andrew Cuomo. Not uh, just facing allegations of obstruction of justice and uh, callous and stupid policies that possibly got up to 10,000 people killed in his state in nursing homes as a result of that insane COVID policy. He's now being accused once again by Lindsey Boylan, the former deputy secretary for economic development and a former special advisor to the governor. Earlier, she had talked about how she was belittled and mistreated by Cuomo and his inner circle, largely, she thinks, because she was a woman. Uh, Now she's accusing him of sexually harassing her, including unwanted kissing and touching, and says his top female staffers normalized the behavior Uh, Boylan says that on one flight back in October 2017, Cuomo suggested to her that they play strip poker. Another time, he uh, gave her a tour of his office and showed her a cigar box that Bill Clinton had given him, and she thought that that certainly had uh, sexual overtones to it. Here's the craziest part, Jim. She also alleged that shortly before the office incident that made her feel uncomfortable, Stephanie Benton, director of the governor's offices, told her in an email that Cuomo suggested that she look up images of Lisa Shields, his rumored former girlfriend, because we could be sisters, and told Boylan she was the better-looking sister. The governor then began calling me Lisa in front of colleagues. It was degrading. Uh, And so, Jim, uh, this woman clearly, over the last several months, has nothing good to say about Andrew Cuomo. His office is denying this. But it's interesting that now that there's a crack in the dam, a lot of Democrats are coming out and talking about what a horrible leader and a horrible person Andrew Cuomo is. So where do you think this is all going to end up? Yeah, well, first of all, Greg, I don't have my calendar in front of me. Is today I believe all women day or not? (laughs) Because I remember hearing back in 2017, 2018, the, the Me Too movement, we were told believe all women. And then accusers came out against Joe Biden, and we were then all of a sudden we stopped believing women. And all of a sudden, oh, it's like, oh, each one has to be evaluated separately. And then you have to think about the credibility of the accuser. Does it fit a pattern of behavior? Are there corroborating witnesses? Um, all this stuff, which happened to be just, you know, none of this was a big deal during, say, the Brett Kavanaugh hearings. No, no, back then it was, you know, believe all women. Um, I'll, I'll, look, I do. We, we, don't, we weren't there, so we don't know whether this is true or not. I will make an observation, though. In the last couple of days, aside from sexual harassment allegations, you've had much more openness amongst people in New York state politics who are not, who are generally Democrats, not 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 entirely. Um, people who are, out, you know, perceived to be allies of Cuomo, I guess you could say, and people who are pretty clearly not allies of Cuomo. But people have been much more open about the fact that apparently Governor Andrew Cuomo is a extremely difficult personality to work with. He has an extremely uh, irate temper, 
And people have described how common it is to get calls at unusual hours of the night where the governor is just screaming profanities at them for crossing him in some sort of way and pledging revenge and how he's going to destroy them and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, now, look, politics ain't beanbag and politicians are used to arguing and, you know, uh, having very intense, strong disagreements and trying to get somebody to vote for your bill or something like that. But these are, you know, these are New York politicians who are saying, wow, this is way out of line, right? So this, there was either people who are used to the rough and tumble of Albany politics or New York City politics and who say this governor is a rageaholic who just has zero impulse control and just vents his spleen and just is ferocious whenever he feels there's been any perceived slight or lack of respect or something like that. Now, this doesn't mean that Andrew Cuomo necessarily is a sexual abuser or sexual harasser or is an obnoxious creep around women. But it doesn't exactly refute it, now does it? It's one of those things where if you are the kind of person who has an enormous sense of entitlement, if you're the kind of person who has very little impulse control and you just let out whatever you're feeling in any particular circumstance, whether or not it is appropriate, whether or not it is the sort of thing you can do in a workplace, whether or not you have a established relationship with the person in front of you that should preclude you from just blurting out whatever is on your mind. Oh, by the way, all of this is the sort of behavior from President Trump that Democrats all thought, you know, righteously thought was appalling and unacceptable in a president or a public official. Well, we're getting it all from Andrew Cuomo. And those bunch of us have been saying for a long time, personality-wise, there's not that much of a difference between Andrew Cuomo and Donald Trump. We've seen the temper outbursts. We've seen the belittling of people and the bullying of people, right? And now the, the claim that he's behaved, he's, you know, power, the perception that power is the ultimate aphrodisiac and the belief that Andrew Cuomo is that he's absolutely irresistible to other women. And this is this story of him being unbelievably uh, inappropriate around women and, and the claims of, hey, let's play strip poker and, and all kinds of stuff like that. You just aren't supposed to do in a working, in a working environment in the 20, never mind the 2020s, the 2010s, or, or you know, going back, uh, this stuff hasn't been acceptable for a really long time. Um, will Cuomo be held accountable? I don't know. I, I don't want to use overuse the phrase we heard way too much during the Trump years. The walls are closing in. But it certainly does seem like uh, Andrew Cuomo is finding himself with fewer and fewer allies as time goes by. My suspicion is, Jim, that this will cost him a fourth term if he wanted one uh, to begin with uh, in 2022. Uh, doesn't mean we'll get anybody better as the governor of New York since it's such a blue state, whether it's Tish James or, or somebody else. Uh, but we'll see where the federal investigation goes here, where the state investigation goes from here. And there may still be some consequences other than possibly losing emergency powers, which would be a pretty slight slap on the wrist given everything that's uh, been revealed here lately. But I guess in New York, if you're a Cuomo and you get elected once, you get three terms. But that fourth one, tough to get. Mario couldn't get it. Andrew's probably uh, not going to get it. I was going to say, those New Yorkers, they aren't all pushovers. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that, that, that's when they get tough. Uh, I guess the only upside of replacing the old jerk with the new jerk, Greg, is that the new jerk at least knows he can lose his seat because he's just seen it. Well, if this is true, this is quite a, a uh, extensive track record of New York governors lately who have gone down this uh, unfortunate oh. road with Spitzer and then uh, Spitzer. Who was the guy that replaced the other AG. him? Yeah, <laughs> and then Cuomo. So uh, pining for the days of George Pataki, I guess people are in New York. <laughs> 
All right. That icon of bold leadership. Yes, exactly. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, ways to keep yourself healthy here because uh, if, well, if you're in New York, Andrew Cuomo's not going to help you out a lot. Uh, but multivitamins can, can help you out. But do you really know what's in them? They can include sugars, GMOs, synthetic fillers, uh, animal byproducts. But Ritual is not your typical multivitamin. Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly formula is made with key nutrients and forms your body can actually use with no shady extras. I just got my second monthly bottle of Ritual. It's got great ingredients like vitamin D, vitamin B12, uh, zinc. Definitely gives you a little boost in energy and a little bit of boost to the immune system in a very easy-to-take capsule formula. It could not be easier to give that little extra jolt to your health. Now, Ritual's designed with different life stages in mind. It's now available for women, men, and teens. Ritual multivitamins are scientifically developed to help support you during those different life stages. And Ritual makes healthy habits easy. Your multivitamins are delivered to your door every month with free shipping, always. You can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. And if you don't love Ritual within your first month, they will refund your first order. Look, you deserve to know what's in your multivitamin. That's why Ritual is offering Three Martini Lunch listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash martini to start your ritual today. That's ritual.com slash martini. All right, Jim, over to our crazy martini now. And for that, we go overseas and Amnesty International getting super woke to the point that they're ditching Alexei Navalny. BBC. Amnesty International has stripped the Russian opposition politician Alexei Navalny of his prisoner of conscience status after it says it was bombarded with complaints highlighting xenophobic comments that he has made in the past and not renounced. A spokesman for the human rights organization in Moscow told the BBC that he believed the wave of requests to delist Navalny was part of an orchestrated campaign to discredit Vladimir Putin's most vocal critic and impede Amnesty's calls for his release from custody. But on review, Amnesty International concluded that comments made by Navalny some 15 years ago, including a video which appears to compare immigrants to cockroaches, amounted to hate speech, which was incompatible with the label prisoner of conscience. So again, 15 years ago, he also said something like uh, the immigrants uh, were something that needed to be gotten rid of, like rotting teeth. Uh, I don't know if he got specific about physical violence or not, uh, but uh, the line from Amnesty International is, Amnesty International is no longer able to consider Alexei Navalny a prisoner of conscience given the fact that he advocated violence and discrimination and has not retracted such comments. Jim, we are obviously not going to defend uh, Navalny's comments from 15 years ago, but it really seems to be beside the point. If that's enough to uh, get the Amnesty International and the, perhaps the international community to just ditch you, Vladimir Putin wins. Congratulations, everyone. Yeah, you really want to say to Amnesty International, so what is he now? Does this mean he's being legitimately held? Does this mean he's legitimately a criminal? Does this mean that he's getting a fair trial? Does it mean that this is not a uh, blatantly political and abusive prosecution of an outspoken critic of, of Vladimir Putin? Does this mean Putin is right? By the way, it sounds like Amnesty International made this decision after they were flooded with, they, they said they were flooded with objections. Flooded with objections after RT television called on its viewers to, to criticize Amnesty International. <laughs> So a little bit of astroturfing here. Um, I wonder what happens if a whole bunch of people decide to 
uh, push back and to send their own messages to Amnesty International saying, how possibly can you do this? Yes, it's a terrible comment from 15 years ago, but it's kind of immaterial as to whether or not he is being justly tried, justly held, justly imprisoned. Uh, Greg, this is the worst decision by an organization with Amnesty in its name since Amnesty Global filed, uh, set up a lawyer for Joe Prado after his arrest by CTU. <laughs> I believe it was uh, attorney David Weiss, who is the only man who's gone up against Jack Bauer and won after getting the, after getting Prado released. Wow, that is a good pull. I'm trying to remember exactly which season that was, but I do remember that. I do remember that. Uh, Day four, and I believe it was Evan Handler who played him. It was kind of, you know, I, you know as you and I are big 24 fans, like, yes. as I understand, I think that's like the only time somebody went into CTU, made an argument, was right on the legal merits. <laughs> it was pretty clear that CTU was going to torture this guy, and he was a U.S. citizen. And he lost. Jack Bauer lost. And it was one of those things where, like, how do you stop Jack Bauer with a lawyer? Didn't Jack Bauer then immediately resign, go out to the parking lot, and yank the guy out through his own car window? Well, yes. Okay, technically, yeah, you can stop him that way. But uh, <laughs> and and I believe they didn't bring him back until uh, the next season. They gave him a slap on the wrist and said, "Don't do that, Jack." That's right. He was a, a wink and a nudge. He was immediately reinstated. I mean, we had a crisis. The Bush to years. We had a very different approach to. Uh... Jim, I mean, look. At the end of the day, a, a good lawyer can prevent you from being tortured by the government by a government agent inside the government facility. <laughs> that, that, that way they can stop it. You know, the, the recently resigned former government agent in the parking lot, nah, they can't do anything about that. He gets results, man. He gets results. Jim, we'll call it there for today. Have a good one. Boy, nothing like us saying, man, torture is awesome. As we, you know, and, and remember also, Vladimir Putin is bad, kids. That's our clear message for the day. See you tomorrow, Greg. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Columbus, Radio America. Thanks for being with us today. Please remember to subscribe to the Three Martini Lunch podcast. Love those five-star ratings and your very kind reviews. Thank you. Also, get us on those home devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch podcast. Also, follow us on Twitter. He's at Jim Garrity. I'm at Dateline underscore DC. Have a great Thursday, and please join us Friday for the next Three Martini Lunch. Hi, it's Dana Lash, host of The Dana Show. Every day, I'm here to keep you up to speed on the most important stories and info that you need to know in your very busy life. And if you're always on the go and you want to stay connected, just download our daily podcast and take it with you. It's a great way to get up to speed on what you need to know and what legacy media may not be telling you. Visit danaradio.com and click on the podcast link or subscribe at iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.